Good morning. I bet you can't come up with 10,000 reasons to bless the Lord this morning, but I bet you can come up with one. Would you take a moment and just think of one reason God has been good to you, one attribute of His that you can bless Him for this morning, and focus on that as we sing. Bless the Lord on my soul. Bless the Lord on my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your
morning. Have a seat, everyone. Good to see you all. I hope you've had a great summer. We're almost done. One more, kind of one more Sunday after, the, this is kind of the last Sunday. So Jesse was asking me the other day, so when does, when does summer actually start? Because she wants to get ready for fall, because fall is her favorite time of year. And I said, ah, technically, what is it, like October? September 22nd. Septem is that when the technical? Yeah, yeah. but it starts in the beginning of September, I always think. For Sam, it starts Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's when school starts. Right. That's when fall starts. It's when right? the, the morning begins. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Does anybody have any more um, 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 camping trips planned before the end of the summer? Do you? Possibly. That's, that's why it's fly fishing, because it's up in the air. <laughs> Welcome back, Joe. <laughs> Dad joke. Yeah. Good to see you. It was so fun watching Sammy uh, do amazing at the national tournament for uh, disc golf. I like your form. That looks good. Yep. <laughs> oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad you guys are here. Hey, um, um, uh, let's go through the announcements real quick. That was today. How did it go? Was it really good? You're all always welcome to come. Even if you don't feel comfortable praying out loud, you can just come and sit and, and just silently go, yeah, I agree with that, God. You don't have to say it out loud to be a, support, to be a part of it and support it. But if you want to pray out loud, it's a blessing to everybody else. And I, I, I put, poked my head in there earlier, and it was, there was a lot of people there. So wonderful. What's the next one? Oh, and that happens every the last Sunday of every month. Um, there is going to be a family meeting um, after church. It'll be, it won't be a terribly long one. We'll have a short break afterwards. If you are a, uh, just interested in what's happening in this church, you're welcome to stay. Um, you don't have to be a member to be a part of that. But I would, in fact, if you want to know more about that, what's happening in the church, kind of on a nitty-gritty, logistical kind of way, just come and stay. All right? Next. Or is that it? Oh. There's different ways you can get, if you would like to be, uh, if you're not getting our emails or our texts, um, but, but you would like to stay more informed, let, let us know. Let me know, let Jesse know, and uh, we can get you on those. Yes. Yes, I'm coming to there. I haven't done to that. Um, so yeah, if you would like to get that and you're not, we of course obviously do not send it out to anybody else. It's just so that you can get the information about what's happening in the church, like prayer requests, um, so you can know about the announcements ahead of time. Um, is there a coloring one? Yes, that's uh, tomorrow night. Um, um, Kathy is, is not going to be able to head it, but I believe, Barry, you're going to be here for that. Excellent. Here at the church at 7 o'clock. That's always a fun time. I think that's all of them, right? Excellent. Okay, so we are continuing on in our study in Ephesians. And to kind of get us thinking about that, um, one of the things I thought about saying is, uh, you know, we're often, Christians are accused of being hypocrites, right? Happens fairly frequently. But what, what is a hypocrite? It's someone whose message and words do not match their actions, right? That's, what a, that's the definition of a hypocrite, okay? What is it that the people who call us that are seeing when they call us hypocrites? They were not being good people, right? So they say, you're, they see us and they go, we're, you know, we're, 
we're, we're not nice, we're not loving, we're, we're all that sort of stuff. We don't keep the rules. And so they say, you're a hypocrite. <coughs> right? So what, is the, what must be our message for them to call us a hypocrite? What must be our message that those actions do not match our message? We'll drop the not and put a being in it. So being good people. That is the message that the world hears from us. That's it. It's not grace. It's be good people. And you say, oh, but that's not what I believe. But so much of us, we say we're saved by grace. That's how you get in. But after that, you better work hard and be a good person. That's not Christianity. That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this lo- your love for us that totally and completely transforms us, that rescues us from our sin, that, that loves us when we're not lovable. Thank you for that. Help us, Jesus to give you the praise and the honor and and, and glory you deserve for utterly saving us. Help us to just trust your word and may that move us to praise. Yes, Lord, it is your absolute goodness that cannot accept sin, but it's your absolute goodness that chose to save us. So we sing of the goodness of Jesus because you are so good to us and we have so much to be grateful for. Thank you for your love, for this place, for these people and that we can now worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Father. And everybody said, let's, let's sing together. We learned this a couple weeks ago. Here in his wondrous peace, 
Oh, the goodness of Jesus. Oh, the goodness, the goodness of Jesus. Satisfy, he is all that I need. May it become what may that I rest all my days in the goodness of Jesus. Come and find your hope now in Jesus. He is all he said he would be. Grace is overflowing from the Savior's heart. Rest here in his wondrous peace. Oh, the goodness, the goodness of Jesus. Satisfy, he is all that I need. May it become what may. That I rest all my days in the goodness of Jesus. Oh, the goodness. Oh, the goodness, the goodness of Jesus. Satisfied, he is all that I need. May it become what may that I rest all my days in the goodness of Jesus. May it become what may that I rest all my days in the goodness of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for who, for who you are, for your love for us, for the privilege it is to be here in this place, to lift up your name, to glorify you who was everything to us. May we be satisfied in the goodness of Jesus. We thank you for your goodness, and now we pray for Pastor Brian as he brings the message. Speak through him. Uh, challenge our hearts this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, kids, you are dismissed to uh, go to Kit Children's Church. Oh, there are none today. <laughs> That's because because Mike is sick. <laughs> yes, two minutes. Let's please stand for the reading of the Word of God. All right, we're going to read um, Ephesians chapter four, verses twenty through twenty-four. is all set up here okay verse 20 but that is not how you learned the messiah assuming that you heard about him and were taught by him because the truth is in jesus you took off your former way of life the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires you are being renewed in the spirit of your minds 
you have put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity and truth. You may be seated. Let's pray. Jesus, help me to pray uh, to communicate accurately what your word has said. Help me to um, communicate clearly what you want me to say in these days, in, in this moment. Father, I'm aware that the topic of today is something that is... Um, that goes against the grain of what our human heart is bent toward. And so um, I need your, 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 your power, Holy Spirit, to make it clear. Open our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I, I, I also saw... A, a short from uh, on, on the YouTubes <clears throat> where this guy was saying that the two most damaging things that Christians say is one, love your neighbor as yourself and that we are unlovable and deserving of hell. And putting the two together means that you actually hate yourself. And so that's how you love people is you hate them. I'm like, like, first of all, let's just assume realize that your logical consistency don't work, right? Saying that we're unlovable and deserving of hell doesn't mean you hate yourself, okay? Those two don't fit, okay? And they're missing the whole big point that as, um, as people who do things that God does not love, he loves us anyways. That's grace. That as people who are are in fact sinful as sinners we are loved and that is how you should love yourself and that is how you should love other people but that's not what they hear Ephesians chapter 2 excuse me chapter 4 two means these two quotes will become apparent in a moment because of what we're talking about today that there are two Brian's just as there are two you's there's the old you and the new you. And I want you to see the framework in which we are supposed to be living the Christian life, not post that moment wherever, it, whenever it was, whether you were a baby or some dramatic moment in the, in, in your, later in your life that you decided, I want you, Jesus. After that, it becomes this, well, how do you live the Christian life? What do you do? What is the framework in which we are supposed to work with. And unfortunately, I think for many of us, it's a, it's, a, it's a ladder that we have to climb up. But that is not in the Bible, this ladder. I mean, yeah, there's Jacob's ladder, but that was never meant to describe the, the general word we call sanctification. And even when Paul uses the word running a race, he's not talking about sanctification there. He's about holding on to Jesus for his whole life. Now, what is the one he uses is the one we see today. This putting on and putting off the old self and putting on the new self. 
walk through the text a little bit here. He begins with, this is not how you learned the Messiah. Now, some of your verses will, will say, we'll put about the Messiah, but that's not actually the word. It's a very unusual word. Um, phraseology that he puts here. It, it, it's the same one he uses in a more, much more familiar and famous piece in Philippians 1.21 where he says, but for me to live is Christ. It's that there, there, there's no about in there. There's no for. It's, it's just, to me, is Christ is everything. It's, it's the whole thing. It's, it's everything. It's the same construction, and I would argue it's the same idea. It's about learning all that there is about the Messiah, about it, because Christ is not a name, it's a title. So this is not how you learn about the Messiah and all that we're talking about with this. And what does that mean? Well, you can read it backwards, which we're going to do a little bit more of that next week. So we can, we're, we can also read that forward. What does that mean? And it goes forward to this, assuming that you heard about him and you were taught in him. Now, you have to read because Paul does this. He'll take little tangents and then come back to the main sentence. So it really is. But that's not how you learn the Messiah because the truth is in Jesus. That's assuming this, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Assuming that you heard, you learned the Messiah because the truth is in Jesus. Now that's also an unusual phrase. Normally you would say because in, because in Jesus is the truth. But he flips it with the emphasis on the truth. And Using the word Jesus instead of Christ is also very unusual for Paul. Go, go back, read through the, his epistles. He almost always says Christ or Jesus Christ, not just Jesus. And why does that matter? Because I, as, as I'm going to pull in in a minute, it, I think what he's talking about is he's really emphasizing the life, the human life of Jesus here. How he lived his life. I'll make that plain in a moment. Okay? But now we come to the heart of the whole thing. Verse 22. You took off the former way of life, that is, the old self corrupted by sinful desires. Now, this introduces <coughs> one of three unusual verbal forms that are difficult to translate. Now, most of your translations but not all of them will put this as a command. You must put off your old self. They read it with the, the Greek phrase is, is, is that it's, um, it's an imperative. You must do something. It's a command. <coughs> but the, but, the, but as, as some of your good translations will, will say, we'll at least put a little note that says, but it could be read not as, as a command, but as a statement of, of fact, which is in the fancy great Greek word for that is, that it's an indicative, it describes a reality, that, it's, that, that, it's a hap that it occurred. So really, the, the, the Greek can go either way on, on all three of these. There's this one, there's the put off, there's the put on, and then there's one in, in the middle called about renewing your mind. That's, I'm trying not to get too deep into the grammar here. <clears throat> so how do you read this? What do you do when you have a, when you have a, something that you're not sure which way it could go. It could go either way. Now, I'm going to argue, along with this translation, that it is not a command. It is not a command for a variety of reasons. It should be read as an indicative, as is describing a reality that has occurred. That you have done this. Among them is, is the context. If we just 
put your eyes down a little bit to verse 25. It says that you have put off the former self, the, the falsehood. That's describing putting off the old self. Now, again, a few of your translations may not put it that way, but most, almost all do. And then you can look at a parallel passage here. There's two of them. One of them is Galatians 1.27. This one's, uh, this one's absolutely clear. There's no debate about it at all. For as many of you who have been baptized have put, baptized in Christ, have put Christ on like a garment, like garments. It's describing a reality. It's not that you need to put on Christ. It's that you have put on Christ. There's no command in this verse. Zero. He's describing a reality of what has occurred. And then the one that's the Colossians, which is almost exactly the same subject. Colossians 3, 9, and 10. Do not lie to one another. Why, why should you not do something? There's your command. Why? Because of this indicative, this, this reality here. Since you have put off your old self, and you are being renewed, and you have put on the new self, put on, put off, no command there. And you're being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of God. Same ideas, same subject. In this case, now there are a couple of translations that might put it as a command, but almost all of them do not. Because it's pretty darn clear. Or we can go to what I think is talking about the same subject, Romans 6. This is about, Paul has, has in, in Romans 3 and 4 and 5 described how we are saved absolutely, utterly by grace. It has nothing to do with your works. And then, of course, he ends that, that section by going, well, how, 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 do you know, how do you live then? Can, can you just sin? And then he begins this whole long discussion here about how the new reality of what it means to be a Christian. And he describes it as that, if you've, been, if you've been baptized, if you, if you put your faith in Jesus, then what has occurred, this is a reality here, that your old self has died. It's dead. This is not that you need to crucify. There's no command in this. You are not commanded to crucify yourself. You're commanded to realize you have been crucified. Crucified with him. You've been crucified with him. As he goes on and he finishes that little section by saying this in verse 11. So you need to consider, you need to reckon, you need to, it's an accounting term of adding up the total and you get the sum total. The conclusion is you need to realize the truth, the utter truth that what? That you have died and you are alive. There's two yous. The dead you and the alive you. There are two realities for all of us. There are two me's. There's the me. The dead Brian, who's put on, who's full of sin and deceitful desires, I need to take this coat off, and I need to put this coat on, the coat of Jesus. That's the idea, that's the image here. And this is, his, this is Paul's primary image for describing the Christian life. Is this put on, put on, you've died, and you've resurrected. This is the reality of all Christian growth, and it is incredibly important. 
what I want you to see from this text is that you have put on the old self and put on the new. That this, the, these realities are, are made. It's real. It's done. It's, that's what the indicative word mode means. Not that it's a potential, not that it's a maybe, not that it's a command, that it, it's describing an event that has fully taken place. That you are, in fact, done. You have put on the new self. That as many of you have been baptized, have put on Christ like a garment. As he says here, you know, you have put on the new self. You're being renewed. That, is, that this is the reality of the Christian life. It's not about creating it. It's about death. It's about life, that you've died with Christ. Galatians 2.20, many of you know this one. I'll, I'll quote it again for you. For I have been crucified with Christ. Not that I'm to crucify myself with Christ. Not that I might be crucified with Christ. No, that I have been. Done. That is an event that has occurred. The life I now live, so if I've died, now I'm alive. There's a death, and then there's life. There's this new life I'm living by through the faith, my faith in Jesus, I'm alive. There's a resurrected me. There is a dead me. There is an alive me. There is a dead and dying Brian. Fading. There's an eternal me. Fully formed. I don't form, I don't make this. There are these, right? Go back through this. This is not how you learned about the Messiah. This is th th this whole life picture for me to live is Christ. This is how you should live your Christian life. Is it's all about Jesus. Jesus is not just about him. It's not just for him. He's literally your life. That you have took off this former self. It's real. It's completed. And the third one I want you to see here, that you put on this, this new self and that's been created. Not creating, but it's been created. Now let me ask you a question. <clears throat> can human beings create? They can make, but can they create? They can put pieces together and build a building, make a painting. We use, we're a little sloppy in our language about create. But biblically speaking, humans do not create. Only God creates. And notice it has been created. It's fully formed. It's done. Now, the, the, the form of this word, is, is, it's called an aorist. Sorry, I'm going to have to go a little nerdy for a moment here. Hopefully I don't lose you. <clears throat> The aorist form is a word that's, that's, that's used to describe an event in its totality, that it is fully finished, without reference to how it was done or when it was done. 
It, do, it just doesn't say anything about that, which is absolutely perfect for this, because in one sense, is this fully made, the real me, the, the, the eternal me? Yes, but I'm not it's not fully mine yet. I'm not really fully it yet. It's done. It's there. It, it, at some point in the future, I'll fully be there, but at the same time, it's kind of me now, and it kind of was me when I came to Christ. There's no real reference here to time. It's a little loosey-goosey with time. But is it finished? Yes. That's the perfect word for this. It's created. It's fully created. And this is this fits everything I'm saying is fits exactly what we to that famous verses in chapter 2. We have been saved by grace through faith. Not of ourselves. Pushing that 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 it is a gift of God. Pushing the 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 the, the, the image of salvation by by apart from works has nothing to do with you you are absolutely has completely by the gift of god and then what does he do once he's pushed that legal metaphor as far as he can push it he then makes a almost imperceptible switch to life and death in fact you can see it in the entire section because what's the next verse for we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works not being created, created, done, completed. Salvation by work, saved. We are completely saved, but it is a by, but once we come <coughs> to Jesus, the righteous Brian, from God's perspective, is fully made. It's done. It's created to be like God, to be like Jesus. It's righteous, it's holy, it's pure. It's, it's the true me. The one, as James puts it in James chapter 2, when he says when a man looks at the law, he looks at the mirror of his natural self, his self unmarred, undistorted by everything that life and, and, and nature and humanity has done to something. The real me. When we... This is, this, is who, this is what Paul is saying. This true me, this me that I'm saying uh, that I need to put on is the real me. But I'm stuck in between of a dead Brian who's fading and is dead and an eternal Brian who's holy and righteous. But they're done. And what I want you to see is the simple truth that this is the reality. That, that, that I cannot create this righteous Brian. I don't make it. I don't create it. I don't produce it. I cannot add to it. I can't. It's done. If I try to make my own, my own righteousness, it's like saying, I don't want this coat. God, I'm going to make my own. No, 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 no. Or maybe I'm going to try and patch this one up so that, it, so that it, it looks nicer. No, 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 no. It's this one or none. And God, this is what justification is. That you are fully righteous. The righteous, holy, eternal Brian, God has made it. Put it on. There's no movement to it. I don't have to make myself better because my that the better brian is made 
I've just got to put it on. That's it. That's it. But we do that, and then we do this, and then we do this, and then we do that, and then, oh, maybe I should put it back on. That's what, that's the image. But it's not like I'm going anywhere. And, and that's the main, that's the only thing I really wanted to communicate today, is these putting off, putting on images. And it has, if you can under, if you grasp this, absolutely destroys and completely undercuts any thought of salvation by works. Absolutely. Because I can't make it. It's already made. You are saved by grace. It's not that I'm moving to be more like Jesus. No, the reality of the new me that is like Jesus is moving upon me. The eternal Brian is coming to me. Does that mean there's effort? Yes. Is there things we need to do? Yes. We're going to talk all about that next week. There are some three, in the text itself, three very clear, important things that we need to do to help facilitate this. But it's all by grace. And if we understood this, and it's in, in our whole, our whole being as a, as a fallen human being, this old dead man does not like the idea that God's done all the work for us. And so we really try to make our own or patch this one up. But no, this one has to die. You need to realize it's dead. You've been crucified with Christ. But if we get that, the, 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 and, and, we can, and, and we live that way, I don't think the world would really get the idea that we're hypocrites. Because we, we would live with the reality that, yeah, we are simultaneously sinners and righteous in this life. We are both broken, messy. We're going to not do good things. You just are. Because that old Brian is still hanging around but he's fading. And the new one, while it's fully formed, it's not fully there yet. It's, we're not fully living that yet. We're, but positionally we are. I hope you get it. If this doesn't make sense, please talk to me. Because this is the fundamental, this is how Paul talks about it over and over and over. So does Peter. Since I, I'm not taking... I haven't taken very long. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read one more. Just so you understand, Peter does, has the same image. Second Peter. We think, okay, we've got to do good. We've got to work on being good. First, second Peter, chapter 1. He lists, make every effort to add faith to virtue and self-control, steadfast. All these, make all these, all these commands. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, so I, that's what it is about being good. But watch what he does. Verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, it's not that you're not saved. That's not what he said. He says, they will keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. Not that you're not going to get to heaven. It's just that when you get there, you're going to have had, had to live a life that was ineffective for Jesus. Why? Because, verse 9, whoever lacks these qualities 
is nearsighted. They don't see the eternal significance of what they're doing and have forgotten that he has been cleansed from his former sins. Again, not that they're not forgiven. It's that you forget that that's what God's done for you. You've forgotten this death and life issue. Add these things. Why? Because what's already occurred to you. Because you have an eternal youth. You have been forgiven. You are righteous, holy. This is the real me. This is me. That ain't me anymore. But I'm in between. Christianity is not about rules. It's about the realities that God has done for you. He has saved you to the uttermost. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much for your love for us. That you save us in spite of us being unloving. You save us even though we are (laughs) constantly running back to our sinful selves. Lord, I I think I speak for all of us when I say, Lord, I don't want to be the Brian that is... um, that gets angry, that has sinful desires, that is impatient. That gets angry, that lies. Lord, I want to be, I want to be the, the the you. I want to be the, the the Brian that you've created for me. That's righteous and holy and perfect. That's just like you, Jesus. It's just like the the you, Jesus, that we saw in the Gospels. Change me. Transform me to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, that was powerful, Pastor. Thank you. The prayer of every believer should be to create in me a clean, clean heart. Let's sing that together. Create in me a clean, clean heart. Create in me a work of art. Create in me a miracle. Something real, something beautiful. Sing that again. Create in me. A clean, clean heart Create in me A work of art Create in me A miracle Something real Something with me yet you're not finished with me yet 
by your power I can change, I can change. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me yet. By your power I can change, I can change. You're not finished with me It's called The Vessel. The master was searching for a vessel to use. On the shelf there were many. Which one would he choose? Take me, cried the gold one. I'm shiny and bright. I'm of great value and I do things just right. My beauty and luster will outshine the rest. And for someone like you, master, gold is the best. The master passed on with no word at all. He looked at a silver urn, narrow and tall. I'll serve you, dear master. I'll pour out your wine. And I'll be at your table whenever you dine. My lines are so graceful, my carving so true, and my silver will always compliment <coughs> you. Unheeding, the master passed on to the brass. It was wide-mouthed and shallow and polished like glass. Here, here, cried the vessel. I know I will do. Place me on your table for all men to view. Look at me, called the goblet of crystal so clear. My transparency shows my contents so dear. Though I'm fragile, though fragile I am, I will serve you with pride, and I'm sure I'll be happy in your house to abide. The master came next to a vessel of wood, polished and carved, it solidly stood. You may use me, dear master, the wooden bowl said, but I'd rather you use me for fruit, not for bread. Then the master looked down on a vessel of clay, empty and broken, and helplessly lay. No hope had the vessel that the master might choose to cleanse and make whole, to fill and to use. Ah, this is the vessel I've been hoping to find. I will mend it and use it and make it all mine. I need not the vessel with pride of itself, nor the one who is narrow to sit on the shelf, nor the one who is big-mouthed and shallow and loud, nor the one who displays his contents so proud, not the one who thinks he can do all things just right, but this plain earthly vessel filled with my power and might. Then gently he lifted the vessel of clay, mended and cleansed it, and filled it that day. He spoke to it kindly, there is work you must do. Just pour out to others what I pour into you. 
Isn't that a great poem? And it takes us right into, I think, probably my favorite chorus, my favorite song that we sing here, Lord, I Need You, because don't we all need him? We are all broken. We are all like those vessels, including the clay ones. Many of us are like the others, and how badly we need Jesus in our lives. Let's sing that. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. sin runs deep your grace is more where grace is found is where you are and where you are Lord I am free holiness is Christ in me and where you my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way and when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. And Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God. 
righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. You may be seated. Come to the table as we always do, because we know that this, this is what it's about. It's about the fact that we need Jesus, and we know we're broken, and we can't do it without him. But thanks be to God, because he's, he loves us in our, in our sinfulness. Because I know every week I need this. You know, every week I come to the table, and I'm, I, I'm reminded that this week there, I've had sinful desires. I've done things like lie and be angry and impatient and and I'm thankful that that Brian, that which is really truly me, has been crucified with Jesus. And all of the punishment for that sin has been all done. It's all taken care of. <coughs> and that the resurrected me is, is coming. Because we, we do this, Paul says, that we proclaim his, Lord, his death until he comes. So as we come to the table, remind, remember that we're not good people. We're saved people. We're forgiven. And we are a new creation in Christ. That the old us was crucified with Christ. Because on the night that he's betrayed, he took bread and he says, this is my body given for you. And he went to the cross just a couple hours later and the Father laid upon him your sin and mine. And he was crushed for our, our trans transgressions. As all that anger that we did deserve, all our unlovableness, yeah, that we got, do have, was laid upon him. All of our deserving of hell, yeah, was laid upon him. In the same way, after, cup, after supper, Jesus took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. You are forgiven. Reckon yourself forgiven because you have been crucified with Christ. Count that as true. And that the new self, the new you, the eternal you, God has made, and one day you will fully be that. So come to the table. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to sing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, and then we'll share the cup together. Lord Jesus, I am aware today of the sin that I have committed. I pray that you would help me to recognize that in you is forgiveness. Change me, transform me to be different, to be the eternal, holy, righteous person that you have prepared for me. Because I need it.
I trust you. And all of this because of what your son has done in the death and resurrection on my behalf. Amen. Come to the table. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more be like this. I need to be better. It's the body and blood of Christ given for you. Amen. Let's stand for our last song. Half a song. Sing the chorus again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the
bless you today and tomorrow and forever with the peace that passes all understanding as you rest in his grace. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.